You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Today's show, we're going to talk about the game today. We're going to take a trip around the league, and we will, uh, we'll see kind of where we're going to go from there. At, at this point, the... the the most important thing in the Indians is not always necessarily their game. Uh, it's interesting because while the Indians managed to pull off a win tonight in a low-scoring game in the 11th, the uh, so did the Oakland Athletics against a, a bottom-rung team. They ended up with uh, very similar games. We'll talk about the Indians game first, then we'll go to the Athletics and the Rays. Both the Athletics and the Rays one by one run tonight. Tight games in both of those situations. Um, if the Rays had lost, the Indians would currently be in the number two position for the wild card. But unfortunately, that did not come to pass for Indians fans. There's definitely some positive uh, takeaways. I mean, the Indians won first off. That's always a positive. Aaron Saval um, just continues his unlikely ascent. I mean, honestly, right now, uh, if the Indians were able to make it to the division round of the playoffs, you'd have to strongly consider him to be your number three starter, wouldn't you? Shane Bieber and Mike Clevenger are your easy one, too. But from that next grouping of the current rotation with uh, Pletko, Plesak, and and uh, Saval, I mean, I think Saval is it. I think he's your third starter. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, I just, with all the changes, you know, just think about it. At the start of the year, most people would have said if we make the postseason, the Indians' postseason rotation would be Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco. Now, Kluber is barely pitched this year. Carrasco is barely pitched this year. Bauer is traded. It's I know I've talked about it a lot. We've all talked about it a lot. But it's, it's kind of amazing to think about. There's not a lot of teams who start the year with a pair of Cy Young candidates, uh, trade one, lose the other to injury, and then uh, can still keep in the race this late. Uh, but again, we'll see what happens as of all. I'm still a bit um, incredulous about his performance, but he just continues to perform. Uh, I think the oddity for me, it's just he's never done this in the minors. We've never seen this level of dominance. And it's, you know, I, I, there are a lot of people right now I see who are. Uh, racing out to to jump on the bandwagon who, like this time last year, we were sitting there talking about how unimpressive Saval was, that he's a reliever at best, and he hasn't really made a jump in stuff. He's just spotting things extremely well, and teams are struggling to pick it up. It's a bit odd. It's hard to figure out why. Uh, But obviously, as an Indians fan, you'll take it. He has been arguably... One can even make the case the Indians' most consistent starter over the last few, you know, last month, month and a half. In this game, it's, boy, is that an ugly lineup that the Cleveland Indians are putting out there, isn't it? Uh, It's probably the ugliest lineup since the beginning of the year. Once you get past those top four spots, Mike Freeman hitting fifth, Greg Allen sixth, Jake Bauer seventh, uh, Roberto Perez eight, and then Ryan Flattery nine. you know, the Tigers have Turnbull or Righty out there, but Flattery 
there's no way he's going to produce more than Chang would, and I just uh, just makes me shake my head every time. Yes, he scored a run in this one, but uh, yeah, he's not giving you your best chance. I mean, when you have him out there, that's that's clearly the case. And Roberto Perez batting eighth in this lineup. I mean, are you kidding me? I, even if one wants to make an argument about spacing out the lefties, it's like Mike Freeman's hitting fifth. Let's put our catcher who's got 20-plus home runs and have him bat eighth. Like, what's how does that th- thought process even work? I, I don't get it on any level. Um, I don't know how anyone could get it or really explain it. It just seems like insanity. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we are at this point, where Tito has decided that, come heck or high water, that uh, Roberto Perez is the number eighth hitter uh, until the end of time. I understand some of this is because Fanmel Reyes has missed a few games now with a, a you know a, a personal issue, something related to his family that they haven't come out and talked about, which I understand it's not really our business. And that does massively affect the lineup when you take out uh, his bat. It just shifts things. It, it makes it look like a team a lot closer to the, the start of the year team when, you know, Bowers was your DH combo with Carlos Santana. But uh, I said hopefully he'll be back soon. Uh, really really could use him this weekend against the Phillies. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, when you look at that lineup and you pull out Fran Mill, uh, it, it's better than that early season lineup still because Puig is better than what they had and Mercado is better than what they had. Um and yes, they had Jose Ramirez then, but he was really bad at the start of the year. So, you know, it kind of balances, but it's still not the best lineup. It's not the lineup you want this team to put out there every day. Uh, Oliver Perez, solid performance and relief. Nick Goody, a solid performance and relief. I really, at some point, need to dive deep into Goody, but it feels like he is like good outing, bad outing, good outing, bad outing. Uh, Simber with the save, a uh, strong performance by him after the Indians are able to get that run in the 10th to pick up win 89, I believe, at this point. So let's talk about that Royals-Athletics game. one nothing win by the Athletics in the 11th inning. Uh, if you're not paying attention, the Royals are, are kind of an interesting team for a few reasons. Uh, for as bad as they are, you know, Whit Merrifield is a, an all-star level second baseman, a great bat. Jorge Soler, um, man, he's starting, he's, it's taken him a while, but, uh, and he can't play in the field at all, and he is a DH for life, but he has 45 home runs and 30 doubles. Uh, his lead in terms of the AL home run race is ridiculous. I believe the 45 home runs, uh, what is it? He is tied with Mike Trout, who's done for the year. So the only players with more, Eugenio Suarez, which you may not realize that Suarez of the Reds is up to 48, and Pete Alonso leads all of baseball at 49. But, yeah, it's... So if we want to find another American leaguer... You have to keep going down to Glybar Torres at 38 with the Yankees. Uh, Nelson Cruz at 37. Bregman at 37. Kepler at 36. How about that? Max Kepler. 
sitting there. Uh, Mike Moustakis has 35 for the Brewers, and I only point that out because he's going to be an interesting free agent. Free agent? free agent candidate uh this offseason i think he will likely opt out but yeah it's you just go down this list I, here's another one that stands out for me is uh escobar the third baseman for arizona that they acquired from the twins last year and signed and at the time he was the the doubles leader he still got some doubles but he's also the only guy here in the top 30 in home runs who's got double digit triples doing a little bit of everything is escobar but yeah it stands out that i mean solar with 45 home runs and 30 doubles uh you know at least there's something to root for if you are a fan of the royals this game though in spite of those two excellent hitters uh they could not help out the indians and couldn't put anything together uh homer bailey who was with them to start the year uh as was jake diekman i uh, i was with Kansas City to start the year. Paratrades netted both of those guys. Bailey went seven innings, allowing zero earned runs and just three hits, and he struck out 11. Uh, one of the best starts, arguably, of his entire career. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. The Indians really could have used some assistance in this one. And if you need assistance getting tickets, Vivid Seats is the place to go. Use the promo code KICKOFF and you can get up to 100 bucks off your tickets. That's Vivid Seats. Uh, another great deal we have through the show is Postmates. Let's just start off at the beginning. You download the app, use the promo code Locked On, you're going to $100 of free deliveries for your first seven days. $100. Go crazy with this. Because um, you can open that app, and it's going to need your location, but it uses that to find out what's around you and what's you know they can deliver, what they can bring to you, when it's going to get there. 365 days a year. 24 hours a day it could be you know two in the morning and you wake up not feeling well there's a place that's open that can you know bring you some tylenol post made it you know this is it's a great service it's a service that brings you what you need when you need it so you know we already talked about the royals game let's jump over and talk about that raised dodgers game because again one run one run game and it was extra innings so the Indians, the Athletics, and the Rays all went to extra innings. All three teams won by one run in extras. It's kind of crazy if you do go look at the the Rays-Dodgers uh, game because of just the sheer number of players. The Dodgers used nine pitchers, and the Rays used nine pitchers as well. Um so many pinch hitters in this one so many uh i mean this was this might end up being the most uh most players to play in a game this year uh it's it's kind of crazy to look at all of it tommy fam was the the big player for the uh, for the rays going five for six tonight <sighs> that tommy fam deal one can make a strong case that if you go back to last July, if the Indians do not make the postseason, they can just blame the Cardinals for that terrible Tommy Pham deal. Uh, St. Louis getting him at such a cheap price has it's uh, he's been you know just a great player for them. It's it's a stinger. Um, I mean. For at a time last year, it looked like you know everyone was complaining about the Luke Voigt to the uh, the Yankees deal, but 
uh, they ended up getting a pretty good reliever out of that uh, in Gallegos. So that deal isn't really that bad anymore. It might even be almost a win for them. But the Tommy Pham deal a year later still looks just atrocious. So when we get right down to it, you look at this game. The Rays came back to tie it in the bottom of the ninth. Two-run lead uh, for the Dodgers. And Jansen blows the save. Unless this is in the wrong order. But no, it looks like, yeah, Jansen can't get it down. So close to that, uh, taking that spot from the uh, the Rays. It's it's That's what stinks for you, an Indians fan. Like, this is a game that the Rays should have lost. Like, this is a game that at one point was probably like a 90% uh, likelihood win, win for the Dodgers, and the bullpen coughs it up. Then you go into extra innings. And the Rays take a lead. The Dodgers actually score a run in the bottom of the 11th, but they needed two, unfortunately, and they were not able to get that to get back in it. But, yeah, I mean, that's just what stings. It's it's a game that the Dodgers should have won. They didn't. Everything remains static in the wild card standings in the American League. National League, uh, Nationals lost tonight, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Again, not ideal for us. The Cubs just lost 2 out of 3 to the Reds. Um, and the Brewers lost. But because the Cubs have just been scuffling, uh, you know that, that playoff picture stayed the same. The only difference is uh, the Phillies and the Mets and the Diamondbacks all won. So, I mean, the Diamondbacks are 4.5 back. They're, they're pretty far out of it. Um, wait, I'm confused. Did I misread this? I did not misread it. This is another one of those errors on ESPN that we keep finding as we go through the show. Um, I know there are much better resources, but I've been using the ESPN site since I was in college. Uh, back in the early 2000s, it's hard to break uh, tendencies like that. And for whatever reason, well, I know Tampa Bay won today. I just double-checked it. Uh, the wild card standings have them having lost tonight. That's that's how how much that looked like a sure thing. Um, that they currently have them listed as a two game losing streak when they should have a one game winning streak. So if you go over right now to ESPN, um, you can see if they've kept that going. Where they currently have the Indians listed as tied for the spot, um, which I guess they just hadn't updated this at the time of it. I bet you that's what it is. If I refresh, because. For a small period of time, the Indians were tied for the wild card, and it's still not updating. Weird. Whatever. Everything stayed the same. End of story. Over in the National League, uh, and the Phillies, they've got they've got a lot to work for this weekend. They are a team that still has a chance, especially when you go. Well, the Cubs are doing their best to not uh, doing their best to not want to make the postseason. It seems so. We will have to see how that goes with them. But, uh, yeah, that's why it's important to watch the other side of things. Now let's talk about the game for the Indians tomorrow. Let's talk about the matchups for the Rays as well because that's just going to be part of this show going forward because of how important every single game is for both the Indians and the Rays. So the Indians need to sweep the Tigers tomorrow. That's just been established. You have to sweep a team that is this 
awful. At the same time, they've won like 16 straight, so they're almost due for a loss. It shouldn't be tomorrow. Tomorrow is a good matchup. Daniel Norris has been an okay starter. He's a back-end guy. Again, the Tigers are in an interesting position because they've got three young arms that are up and are mixed results, and then they've got some really interesting pitching prospects in the minors. Um, so we'll see how they continue to build and go forward. But Norris is okay. Um, originally, I thought it was supposed to be Jordan Zimmerman, which would have been a much more favorable matchup. But instead, we get Norris in this one. The Indians have Clevenger going. He has been phenomenal. She, him against the Tigers is probably going to be unfair. And I only say probably um, because I don't want to jinx it too much. Tampa actually has tomorrow off before going to have a four-game series against the Red Sox. Um, you know, the Red Sox are scuffling a bit. Uh, definitely not as hard of a matchup as we thought it would have been earlier in the season for them. I would argue the Phillies are a tougher matchup for the Indians this weekend. But this is where it gets interesting is the Indians, they play on they play tomorrow, as stated, which is a Thursday. They win that game. They'll be in a tie for the playoff spot. Then they'll have Philly coming to town. Uh, for that three-game series, Bieber, Plesak, and Pletko, not exactly their, their best uh, pitching lineup, whereas we get... Uh, that four-game series of Friday to Monday with Boston, where it's going to be Morton, Glasnow, Yarbrough, and Snell. So arguably their four most productive pitchers for Tampa. And, you know, if you listened before, it's it's not much in terms of the pitching side of things in Boston. So uh, the, the Indians really need to win tomorrow. They really have to take two out of three from Philly. Um, you have to bet that, uh, the Red Sox are going to take the Red Sox. That the Rays will take maybe three out of four from the Red Sox, possibly sweep them. Then it's the Yankees, and then it's Tampa or Tampa. Then it's Toronto, who's just awful. Um, and that's that's really what it comes down to. Is there's not a lot of matchups left that the Rays aren't going to be favored in. The Rays are going to be favored in a majority of these games, especially if the pitching matchups stand the way they're currently standing. The Indians are going to be favored in a majority of their games, but um, not as favored. You know, the whole idea of the betting lines, and I'm not a gambler, but the odds of it are, would be greater. Um, and that's that's just what it comes down to. The Indians are currently, they have a chance tomorrow to get that game back, but just in terms of games left, Tampa has nine, Cleveland has ten. A win tomorrow essentially makes it nine games for each team. Whoever wins the most makes it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the Indians have to win tomorrow. Let's just put it that way. You have to beat a team as bad as the Tigers. The Ch- Chicago next week, who should be an easy matchup for the Indians, are playing hard all the way to the end. They, uh, they've they taken a few from the uh, the Twins this week. So that's, that's not an easy matchup. That is not a cakewalk. That is not like getting Toronto, who's currently on pace to have a top-five pick. 
So the Indians are, it's, it's not ideal. We'll have to see, especially as they just keep getting more banged up. They're short more bats. It's, it's, they're, they've overcome a lot and they continue to try to overcome a lot um, to make this postseason. Just in terms of, you know, final opponents, uh, Detroit is very nearly work, uh, locked up the number one overall pick. Uh, Toronto is currently uh, the fifth overall pick in next year's draft. The White Sox are currently ninth, though Toronto has won three in a row, so something to keep in mind. Uh, maybe they won't be quite the pushover that I'm, I'm projecting them to be. Philadelphia would currently be the 17th pick. Uh, Boston would currently be the 18th pick, so Boston is a little bit better than Philadelphia, so we'll have to see. It's, it's a tough matchups for both teams and again just you know I'll reiterate for like the third time but a win tomorrow makes it nine games for each team whoever wins the most makes it essentially a win tomorrow puts the Indians in charge of their own destiny because if you basically I mean the odds of them winning 10 in a row are unlikely but if you're the Indians you can look at it and be like if we win 10 in a row we we're making the playoffs uh, we control our destiny in that regard. So that's that's got to be the mindset, knowing that if you are the Cleveland Indians right now, you control your destiny. You have 10 games, you win them all, you're in. And then, you know, we'll see, I guess, you know, that essentially makes the magic number 10, right? Because it's, it's a straight shot for uh, both sides. Um, but we'll see where it goes from here. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing. Uh, we'll have a fun talk tomorrow as we prepare for the, uh, the big series against the Phillies, kind of go in depth into that series. And of course, we'll go over the uh, the game, which is a, an evening game, a rare occurrence for a uh, Thursday game. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Tribe! <laughs>